Welcome to Self Made Milk, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gordon, mom of three girls, multi-passionate entrepreneur, storyteller, creator, and coach to the high achievers of the world. This is the podcast for the woman who wants it all. The bank account, the body, the impact, the family, the freedom. This is where we redefine what it really means to be a MILF and be a woman who gets it all. Together with me and our amazing guests, we are pulling back the curtains and revealing what it really takes to create your dream life from how to build the confidence and resilience to go after what you want unapologetically to navigating the realities of motherhood, mental health, and life as a high achieving woman. Welcome to the Self-Made MILF podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode. Today we're talking about self-care. This is such a good topic and it's actually one of the ones that I get asked about the most, but I've never really dove deep into this. So I'm excited to open up the doors to this conversation. And this can be a controversial one or definitely a touchy subject, I think for a lot of women, especially mothers, because there's different definitions as to what self-care actually is. So what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to give you my take on self-care and what it means to me. And then I'm going to just take you behind the scenes of what I actually do as a mom of three girls, four and under, and what my self-care routine actually looks like. Because I know it's super interesting to actually hear about what somebody else does and like I don't know about you, but I I love like hearing somebody talk about their routine or their favorite, you know, their habits and things like that. So um, I'll share mine and I'll let you in on what I do and you can maybe steal some for yourself, get inspiration, get inspired um, and take what you want. So before we dive in, I just want to say, number one, if you've been listening to the podcast, thank you so much for being here. I super appreciate you. And I'm having so much fun doing this because this is such an... For me, it's an easy way to connect with you. It's an easy way to talk about things that matter. It's an easy way to get my messages out there. So I'm loving this and I'm not stopping anytime soon. We got weekly episodes going out every uh, Thursday in the US or Friday in Australia, if you're in Australia with me. Um, So yeah, we're just gonna keep rocking and rolling with these. And if you have not, I would super appreciate if you could go to either Apple or, or Spotify and leave a five-star review. It really helps us and helps the show get pushed out to more people who need to hear what we have to say and what we talk about on the show. So if you could take two seconds and leave a review, I would super, super appreciate it. Okay, so going to dive in. Where do we want to start here? So my self-care routine as a mom, a working mom of three under four. All right, I want to take you back. I want to take you back to 2018. So beginning of 2018, I found out I was pregnant, unplanned, with my first daughter. And that entire pregnancy, I like it wasn't even a question of whether or not I was going to take care of myself. And even just that way of thinking, I know, is a little bit different than what some of society uh, expects pregnant women to do. Like, I, I feel like a lot of society thinks of pregnant women and they think of them as like, they think of us as like these little fragile beings who, you know, should really take it easy and shouldn't do anything. Like don't, you know, don't run, (laughs) don't like, don't get out of bed too much. Like, I feel like there's, 
there's that part of the world or society that that thinks pregnant women are just this like little tiny fragile being. But my take on it was this. I found out I was pregnant, was not planned, but I just I just knew like I would continue doing what I was doing, taking care of myself to the extent to which I felt like I could do. So I kind of had that mindset from the beginning. And what ended up happening was I took amazing care of myself. Like that belief ended up manifesting into my physical truth and my world. I ended up taking really good care of myself as in daily yoga, sometimes twice a day. Um, not just yoga, but yoga, Pilates, like walking, um, what else? Like as far as physical self-care goes, as far as exercise goes, like I was all over it every single day. I don't think I missed a beat. I literally was was still doing yoga and Pilates up until the day I gave birth and I was 10 days overdue, um, like 40 weeks or four, 41 and a half weeks pregnant, still exercising, taking care of myself that way. And the reason I want to tell you this first is because I think that's that's like one of the main things that people think about when they think of self-care. You, you go straight to like the physical side of it, right? Like exercise. So I definitely did that throughout my first pregnancy. Like I, I honestly found it pretty easy. I, I thankfully had a pretty great, easy pregnancy other than some physical aches and pains in the hips and things like that. But anyway, I still found a way to, to physically take care of myself. And then when I had her, so Stella, when I had her in September of that year, September 2018, I I still had this mentality of like, how hard can it be? <laughs> like newborn life, right? Motherhood, like how hard can it be? And so with that mentality, it kind of allowed myself to assume that I was still going to take good care of myself. Like I, I just didn't buy into this story or this idea that your time and effort and energy that you put towards yourself completely disappears when you become a mother. Like I, and I knew that was a big, that was like a belief that was, that was very common in, in just motherhood. I, I feel like honestly, that's a toxic belief to feed mothers, especially new mothers to let them know like, oh, you know, it's going to be you know, you're not gonna be able to take care of yourself, you know, and this whole narrative that when you become a mom, you just don't take care of yourself, right? And if you go on to, you know, TikTok or honestly, anywhere on the internet, you find all kinds of content about that, like making jokes about it, about, oh yeah, you know, here's the burnt out mommy, here's the burnt out mom who, you know, hasn't showered in two weeks and she feels like crap mentally and blah, blah, blah. Like it's this whole narrative that's, just supporting this toxic belief that when you're a mom, you can't take care of yourself. So I knew that was an option. I knew that belief was an option and I never, ever, 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 ever bought into it. I just didn't. I was like, that's not going to be me as a mom. And it wasn't because I believed that it was going to be easy. Like I knew obviously my life was about to change. I knew obviously it was going to be a big adjustment. Um, I wasn't naive. Like I, I'm the oldest of three girls myself. Like I, like I knew life was going to look different. But I still chose to believe that I was going to be a mother and be a woman who took care of herself. And I didn't know exactly how, but I just believed that that was who I was going to be. So I had her in September and we entered newborn life. <laughs> we entered motherhood and, or Daniel and I, we entered, you know, parenting and, and I, 
for the most part, I kept doing the physical self-care that I knew. So kept up with the yoga, kept up with the, the, um, uh, Pilates, you know, the walking, things like that. But what I found was I had to add in different types of self-care. Like it wasn't just a need. It was a like must, like I must add in mental self-care. I must add in emotional self-care. I must add in, like there were different ways that I realized I had to, I I had to add in different kinds of self-care, right? And so I want to preface what I'm going to say. I'm going to, I'm going to just lay out everything I do now. Like we're going to fast forward to now, which is that I have three girls, three daughters, Stella, Ari, and Ava, they're currently one, two and a half, and four and a half-ish. <laughs> so before I tell you like my routine of how I take care of myself now with three kids and crazy life and <laughs> like so much going on in business and work and just like uh, life as a, as a mom and um, entrepreneur. So before I tell you that, I want to preface this by saying, the biggest realization I had, especially as we kept adding babies to the mix and we kept growing our family and, you know, kept running businesses, like the number one thing that I realized if I wanted to take care of myself very, very well, no matter what, was that I had to be open to, I had, I had to be open for it. And when I say it, I mean self-care to look different than in the past. So like every, every baby, every, you know, new chapter or new season that I had to navigate, that I had to figure out every, every time I had to readjust our schedule or routine, like I had to be open to the idea of self-care looking different, but still being just as effective. So it's one thing to be open to self-care looking different, right? It's, it's one thing to be like, okay, yep, I'm open to it looking different, right? But it's another to tell yourself, I'm open to looking at it from a different angle and I'm open to self-care itself, like looking different. And I'm open to the idea that it can still be just as effective. Those, I found those two key perspectives, those had to exist in order for me to adapt and continue my self-care and continue taking care of myself with each baby, with each new season, with each new chapter, like with each new big life change, with each new, um, you know, life event, like those two mindset shifts or that, that those two mindset perspectives, they had to be there. So just to repeat, I would call this the pre-work. So if you're looking to take care of yourself a little bit better, if you're looking to, or if you're just curious to hear about my self-care routine, the number one thing is you, you've got to have this mindset first. So number one, you've got to be open to self-care always looking a little different than maybe in your past, right? So you, you've got to be open to it looking different now than it has in, in your past, right? Than it has um, before in a different chapter of your life. And you have to be open to it still being just as effective. So you've got to go into it with this idea of, okay, I desire to take care of myself very, very well, and I know it might look a lot different, and I believe that it's still possible for it to be just as effective as it once was. So even if my self-care routine looks completely different now than it did three years ago or two years ago or one year ago, 
I believe it can be just as effective. So that's the mentality. You got to have that mentality first. So once that is there, all right, so I'm going to assume that you've just adapted that mindset, (laughs) snap my fingers, you're there, right? You're there with me now. Okay. So my routine. So once I realized I had to look at life through that lens, I had to look at self-care through that lens, here's what my routine has developed into now. And I want to preface this by saying that obviously it's looked different throughout the years, um, you know, going from a mom, uh, a parent of one to a parent of two, very different. And then a parent of two to a parent of three, even more different. Like I, I know people who say that, oh, two to three is the same thing. I did not find that. <laughs> I did not find that at all. I found that to be, I found the transition from two to three to be the hardest, like by far, by far. Um, but anyways, so my routine I have 10 things to tell you. And before before you're like, Lauren, that's insane. I'm not doing a 10-step self-care routine. This is what I actually mean. And here, here's the thing that I, I, I could have included this in the title, but I know that people are more like you're you're gonna you're more likely to listen if I call this a routine because people are just obsessed with like routines. But here's what these actually are, these 10 things. These are habits. These are habits. And these habits get organized into different routines depending on my day. Like if we're being fully honest, no two days look the same over here. Like, and and honestly, I mean, I don't know any other parents with three under four that could say that their days are all the exact same. They are never the same. (laughs) And even if you only have one, even if you have two, however many kids you have, it doesn't matter. But the point is, is that no two days of my life are the same ever. I could I could plan and hope and wish all with all my might, but there is always something unexpected that comes up. There's always something that happens that was not on the calendar or was not planned. And so I realized if I want to continue taking incredible care of myself, I've got to I've I've got to create habits. It's not so much routine. <laughs> so and here's where I think it could get controversial, right? There's there's this side of society that like preaches routines, uh, pushes it down your throat, right? You got you got to have a routine. You got to have a routine. You got to have a routine. You got to have a you, you got to have a routine that you stand by. It's got to be a ride or die routine. Like that's great if that works for you, and you know that definitely works for some people. For me, that's not it. <laughs> In this season of life, I'm not looking to stick to a rock solid routine, I'm looking to create habits, habits that I know move my life forward in the direction I want, that move my business forward, that move my relationships forward. Um, that's what I intend. That's, that's how I wake up every, every day. And that's how I navigate my days and take care of myself as I focus on these habits. So I could have totally titled this episode as like my habits, but Again, I think people are just more obsessed with routines. So we're calling it a routine, but it, these are habits. And you can take these habits and, you know, steal them as you wish and formulate them into some sort of routine that maybe does work for you. Or if you're like me and routines literally go out the door every other day, <laughs> you can do what I've done and take these as habits or maybe pick a couple Um and, you know, and, and put them into whatever order works for you in your life. So, and I find that with high achieving, high performing, ambitious, visionary women and men, 
I find that habits are what move the needle the most anyways. It's not trying to stick to some robotic routine because your life is fluid. Like life is fluid, number one. And that's the thing I think people don't, people forget. Like you are human. As much as we like to think we're superhuman, <laughs> um, like I, I used to be in that mentality, honestly. I used to be in the mentality that I am superhuman and like a routine has nothing on me. I can stick to routine no matter what. And then life was like, ha ha, <laughs> here's three babies <laughs> in three years. <laughs> um, yeah, no, routines, routines are not the focus over here. Habits are. So here we go. Let's dive into them. Okay, so number one. All right, number one. Oh, and before I say this, I want to say one more thing. These are going to be a mixture of emotional habits or routines and physical and I guess a little spiritual, um, mental. So you're going to see that a lot of these things I say are different ways, like truly different ways, but I believe they're all so critical and they work together. So this isn't like, this isn't like physical self-care. This is self-care in all the ways. This is, um, this is a, a very holistic approach to self-care that I take that I find works the best, uh, for me. So, okay. With that said, number one, I walk away and take a breath when I need to. This sounds so like almost silly or simple, but it is so much simpler to say than it is to put into practice, I find. Because this requires, if you wanted, if you want to adapt this habit, this requires you to be unapologetic. Because if I told you, if, if here's the thing, a lot of people, the first thought that would come up, if I told you like, hey, you can, you can like take a breath when you need to. You can walk away from a situation, like physically go into the other room <laughs> or physically move yourself elsewhere when you need to take a breath. The first thought that comes up for a lot of women is all about all the reasons they can't. And it really comes down to, well, I... I should be able to like not have to, right? Or, well, if I do, then X, Y, Z. Like it comes from this crazy place of thinking that you're not worthy of doing that and you are. So this took me, I don't know how long, honestly. I, I've been really good at it for a while now, but I mean, I would say even a, a few years ago, I wasn't, like I wasn't. I would, here's what it would feel like. I would be in a situation where I would feel I don't know, like, let's just say stressed. I was feeling stressed or I was feeling anxious. I was feeling overwhelmed and I wouldn't, I wouldn't take a breath. I wouldn't walk away. I would stand there and just, you know, suck it up, so to speak. I would, um, I, I just wouldn't allow myself to take a second, take a moment. And that changed. And I honestly, I don't know. I can't really put my finger on when that changed, but thank God it did. Like, thank God it did. Because now, for example, I, I have a lot of moments in my life. Like as a parent of three kids that are four and under, like life is crazy. There are so many needs to be met every single day. Uh, there are so many desires to fulfill. Like there's there's just so many uh, like moments throughout the day where I'm serving somebody else, right? I'm serving my kids. <laughs> I am meeting their needs. I am uh, being there for them. I'm coaching them through big feelings. I'm coaching them through big emotions. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So 
I do have a lot of moments where I feel overwhelmed, like completely overwhelmed. And instead of sitting there and allowing that icky energy to just like sit there and radiate into my kids, I will physically walk into the other room. Sometimes it looks like this. I, if my, if all my kids are with me, like if all three of them are here, I would literally like out loud, I would say, mommy just needs a second. I will be right back. I'm going to go take a big breath. Like I will say that to them. Um, so, and then I will literally go into the other room and I will literally take a breath. And as small as that action is, that is sometimes all you need to hit the reset button. And it's such a easy, quick acknowledgement that you are worth it. You are worth taking the time. Even if that's 10 seconds or five seconds, you're so worth it and your well-being is worth it. And just incorporating that into my days, it doesn't happen every day. I don't feel it every day where I need to do that, but on the days that I do, I know that that is available and I will take that action. I will do that. I allow myself to do that unapologetically because I feel like I owe that to my kids. Number one, I want to model it for them. But number two, I would rather go reset my energy than stand there and let my my overwhelmed, stressed, anxious energy pour into them. Because here's the cold, hard truth. Kids feed off of you. Whatever your energy is, whatever energy you are giving off, they will feel that. And they will not only feel that, but they will feed into that. And whatever it is, like, grows. So if you're stressed, your kids are going to feel that. Their stress is going to grow, right? Um, I learned that with Stella, with my first baby. Like, I learned that so early on um, because I am just naturally very sensitive to to other people's feelings and emotions and the energy in a room like I can read it in five seconds and I remember like the first time I was holding Stella as a newborn and I was feeling overwhelmed and I was feeling stressed and I could not get her to stop crying and before then she had been like the easiest baby super happy and I just remember this one day where I was extra stressed and and overwhelmed and she was crying like all the time nonstop. And I remember sitting there going, okay, right. She's acting this way because I feel this way. <laughs> I feel stressed. My energy is stressful, right? I give, I'm giving off a stressed vibe, an overwhelmed vibe, and she's feeling that. So what is there to do? Well, I need to manage myself, right? I need to become self-managed. So I learned that very, very early on in my journey with motherhood. And I'm very thankful I learned that because now fast forward four years later with the three kids, I do this. So that's the first thing. That is my first habit that I formed a while ago is I will walk away and take a breath when I need to. And if you don't do that, if you don't allow yourself to do that, I so encourage you to look at that. And number one, look at why right? What are, what are the reasons that you tell yourself you can't do that? Or you're not worthy of doing that. Number two, ask yourself, well, is that true? Is it ultimately true that, you know, I don't know, your, your, the house is going to burn down if you walk into the other room for five seconds? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. So take that if you wish, but that's, I put that as number one, because even though it's so simple, it's so powerful and it's so effective. And it's something that I believe every single mother, every single woman can do. You can do that. You can take five seconds. You can take 10 seconds and you can take a breath or three or five. 
you can do that. I believe we all have the capacity for that. So that's number one. Number two, I treat myself. (laughs) So we're staying on the topic of, I would say this is emotional, right? Emotional self-care. I treat myself. And here's the thing. I think when, when you hear this, your mind like pretty easily goes to like, oh, big shopping spree and, you know, I don't know, like like big extravagant ways to treat yourself. That's not what I'm talking about here. Big or small, like the size does not matter when it comes to allowing yourself to treat yourself. So maybe you're like me where you get excited over little things. I've always been this way and I love this part of me. I love that I, I get giddy and excited like a little kid over the littlest things. And because I know that, and because I can tap into that excitement, I know that if I simply like treat myself, even the littlest things, like, like, oh, okay, like the other day, perfect example, I had to grocery shop. We needed snacks and I needed stuff for the kid, for Stella's like preschool lunches that I have to pack now. And like, I just needed stuff. And I was, I was near my, one of my favorite snacks. I, I don't get it all the time, but. Um, and they don't have it in stock always, but they had it and I grabbed it and I bought it because I love it. And it's the smallest way for me to acknowledge me and acknowledge that my well-being matters, right? And so I do that and I, I, I look for opportunities to treat myself and it, again, it does not have to be huge ways. You don't have to, you know, go on a 10-day retreat, like, you know, like... <laughs> Treating yourself can mean whatever it means to you, but I just, I look for opportunities for that. I take them as I can. And again, I can do this though, because I'm very unapologetic in, in my desire to always take care of myself, right? And to prioritize my self-care. So that kind of ties into number one, um, kind of, but yeah, I treat myself, I treat myself and I try to do it as often as I can, big or small, it doesn't matter. Number three. I, oh, I love this one. This could have been a, t- a good tie, like a solid tie for the number one spot on this list. I focus on what makes me happy. Again, this is, this is on the topic of emotional self-care and mental self-care. I focus on what makes me happy. I try to drown out the noise as often as I can. I try to not get caught up in what everybody else is doing or what other people like what makes other people happy. Like I take care of myself by focusing on what makes me happy. Knowing that that's probably always going to look different than what other people, uh, or what, what makes other people happy. And here's the truth. Like if I had to even sum up self-care, like, like honestly, if I had to sum up what self-care is to me, this would be it. Like, this is the overarching idea here is like, yes, do the things that you know will help you live longer and all that. But honestly, overall, I think the most beautiful form of self-care is when your intention is to wake up every day and do what makes you happy. That's it. Like, truly, if I had to simplify it. So I do that. 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 And I always like to revisit and, and reconnect with the truth, which is what is making me happy in the season of life? What does make me happy right now? Right? 
what would make me happy today? What would add to my happiness today? What's one thing that maybe I haven't done yet that I know will make me even happier today, right? A happier human, a happier mother. Um, I focus on that and I prioritize it even when it's hard, even when it's not convenient. And this is the other thing with self-care. I think a lot of women, especially mothers, like they, they automatically categorize self-care into this, this box that is, it's just hard, right? It's hard. Self-care is hard. That's the narrative. Self-care is hard. Self-care is impossible. Not true. Not true. Now, is it always convenient or easy? No, it's not. But are there ways to make it easier and maybe more convenient? Yeah. Or you could at least be open to that idea. Again, this goes down to like, here's my actual habits that I do, but also here's the mindset that I approach this with. Your mindset has to be there first. Like you have to be approaching, like if you have a desire to um, you know, upgrade your self-care or start, <laughs> start some form of deeper self-care. Like you got to be open to it, maybe looking different. You got to be open to finding simpler ways. You got to be open first and you got to make sure you're not telling yourself that crazy narrative that it's impossible, right? It's impossible. It's not true. So that's number three. I focus on what makes me happy and not so much on what doesn't. Like I don't really... I believe that what we pay attention to grows. Maybe you've heard that saying. Uh, I believe in that 100% wholeheartedly. So I don't obsess over what doesn't make me happy. I don't really try to think about what doesn't make me happy. I think about what does. I think about what does make me happy. So just by doing that, by focusing on that and then doing as much as I can to prioritize whatever that is, um, that grows. My happiness grows, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's number three. Number four, so I create and maintain my environment to reflect how I want to feel on the inside. So again, staying on the same topic, as you, as you can see, I haven't even said anything about like physical self-care and I do do it and I will get there. But I guess when I sat down and I created this list and I was like, what do I actually do like on a daily basis? What are my habits? What are, you know, what are my habits that are part of, you know, my, my, varying changing routine everything that came through was all these ways I take care of myself emotionally and mentally because I find if that's there you're going to be more you're going to be more motivated to take care of yourself physically the mental care the emotional care has to be there first it's just easier that way because yeah you're going to have way more motivation to take care of yourself physically so this next one let me expand on what this means so I tried to, like, if I'm being fully honest, I tried to ignore this part of my truth for a while, which is that clutter makes me feel so stressed out, (laughs) like immediate stress, like immediate overwhelm. I can't deal with clutter, (laughs) like in my bedroom, in the kitchen, in the, like anywhere in my house. And maybe, maybe you're the same way. Like I know a lot of people that are like this as well, (laughs) but for me, it's totally, it's definitely true. And for a while, like I can remember trying to ignore this truth with uh, my second baby. It was when, when Aria came, I like, that's when the house got messier, obviously going from one to two kids. Like that's when, you know, dishes remained at the sink longer. Like just, it seemed like clutter built up way, 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 way faster. And I remember 
starting to feel that extra stress, extra overwhelm when I would see messes and I'd see, you know, laundry sitting there. Like I, I remember feeling that, but I also remember being like, oh, you know, just deal with it, Lauren. Like, just don't be stressed. <laughs> like, it's just life. It's just, it's just how life is going to be now. Like, there's just going to be messes. And like, I remember basically just trying to suppress that, suppress that feeling and suppress that desire to prioritize my environment more or to start prioritizing my environment. And I don't know when it changed, but somewhere along the way, Honestly, I think it was while I was pregnant with Ava, so with number three, I, I don't know, a, a switch just flipped and I was like, I, like, I, I'm just going to own the fact that I can't deal with clutter <laughs> and I'm going to take the steps and do the things to create a clutter-free environment as often as possible. So I tell you this, and I included this to get you to ask yourself, are you considering your environment as a part of your well-being? Like, and this isn't about like where you live. This isn't about like, you know, the size of your apartment or the size of your house or that like, this isn't what that's about. This is about you acknowledging that feeling your best has a lot to do with your environment so much and maybe you're like me and you you tried to tell yourself otherwise (laughs) this is your sign to stop number one but number two start viewing your environment as either the grounds of growth and happiness and peace and serenity or grounds for extra unnecessary stress and extra overwhelm You don't need any of that. So what I do to make this more tangible is like in the morning. So um, obviously with three kids, four and under, messes are made all the time, (laughs) like, and very quickly. Like I could snap my fingers and every single toy is out on the living room. (laughs) Like I'm not joking. So how I navigate this and what I do is I will let the messes happen because hello, they're kids and that's how they foster play and that's how they develop their senses and all the things. So I'll let the messes happen, right? Especially another one is at like dinner time, lunchtime, any meal time. It's like just huge mess, huge mess every single meal time, no matter what. I let the messes happen. I tell myself they're going to be inevitable, right? The kids are playing, they're having a great time. It's going to be a mess. Okay. Got it. Right. That's inevitable. Okay. But then there's always this moment, there's this opportunity, there's this window, even if it's tiny, like sometimes it's, it's a, actually most times it's a five minute window. (laughs) This is not like a 15, 30, 45 minute window. This is, these are five minute windows that I find they're, they're always there, but I used to not acknowledge them. Now I do. And these are five minute windows of, okay, I could leave the living room as it is. I could leave all the dishes as they are. I could leave the kitchen table as it is. I could leave the countertop as it is. And we could run out the door and get to our place that we're going or get to our activity or whatever, move on to the next thing. Or I could take these five minutes and clean up as much as I could or as much as I can and create a clutter-free environment because I know that coming home to that, I will instantly feel at peace. I will instantly feel even happier. I will instantly feel more calm. And so that's what I do. 
even when it's not convenient. Like there's been many times where, and I'm, it's, I've come to a place where I'm not, like, I don't apologize for this. I'm not apologetic for this. Like to me, it's so worth it. Like there's been days where we're running five minutes late, right? Let's be real. We're usually, I'm usually running late. I'll take I'll take full responsibility for that. I'm usually running late. I have yet to figure out how to be on time for everything, like with three kids. I just, I don't know. We're getting there. But anyways, like there's been many times where I know that if we don't leave right now, this second, we're going to be a few minutes late. But I, if I look at my house or a specific room that a mess was created in and there's stuff everywhere, like I know my mental well-being will suffer if I come home to that environment. If I come home to that mess, if I come home to all that stuff out, like for some people, I get it. You can just overlook it and you can just like, you know, not see it, I guess, but I'm not that person. And I had to honor that. I so had to not just acknowledge it, but I had to honor it and accept that about myself, right? Maybe I could have tried to change it and overlook it, but it's just, that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to acknowledge that part of me and figure out how to make it work. So so what I do is if I have that decision to make, if I'm like, okay, I either get in the car now and we go and I come home to this disastrous house or this disastrous kitchen, or I take the three minutes, sometimes it's literally 60 seconds, right? 60 seconds, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, however much time I have. And I will do as much as I can to remove the clutter. I will do as much as I can to create an environment that I want to come home to. An environment that I want to step into that that I know will, will help me feel better. If you're not seeing the pattern, all of this that I'm saying in this episode comes down to you feeling good. That's what your self-care routine should be focused on. What makes you feel good? What makes you feel good? Mentally and physically and emotionally, all the things. What makes you feel good? Like really actually good. Not like, oh yeah, it's all right. But like what feeds your soul? (laughs) What makes you feel freaking good? And for me, that's having a clutter-free environment to come home to and to live in. So another example of like, if you're thinking, yeah, that's, you know, that sounds great. And it's easier said than done. I know, I know. And this is something that I had to get, I had to get creative with. And I had to really ask myself, am I going to prioritize this or am I not? Like, is this really a priority to me? And my self-care, do I feel like I need to figure out how to uh, get rid of clutter more consistently? Like, and the answer was yes. So another way that this isn't always convenient, but I still prioritize it is in the evenings. So we're talking like 8 p.m. rolls around. I'm exhausted. I am. I'm exhausted. I've either parented all day or I have done a blend of parenting and work and, you know, cooking dinner and like just life, right? So I'm, I'm usually like, I'm out like 8 PM. I'm like, I want to lay on the couch. I want to knock it up. Um, I want to turn off my brain. I want to meditate or do a bedtime yoga routine, like whatever. I just want to chill out. But I look at the kitchen or I look at whatever the playroom. I look at my own room. If there's too much clutter for my brain to, to feel good about, I choose me as in, I choose to take five minutes and I choose to clean up. I choose to tidy up. I choose to do whatever it is that I know will create an environment that I will wake up in the next day 
and feel calm in and feel good and be excited about the day ahead. And you, you get what I'm saying? Like I could go on and on about this particular point. I feel like this is huge, like for me, obviously, but for a lot of people. So um, it honestly, the, the nighttime, that's that's the biggest time where it's not convenient to do, to do this, to choose myself. Because that's what this is an act of. This isn't about just having a clean house. This is not about that. It's about an act of choosing yourself. So the, the way you can look at self-care, another perspective you can have on this is, how can I choose myself more? Where can I choose myself? Where am I not choosing myself? Where am I actively not choosing myself? And am I doing it because I don't believe I'm worthy of being chosen? And if so, what am I going to do about that? Am I ready to change that? And if you are, there you go. You've set yourself up to walk a new path, to choose a new path, right? To choose a new way to, to move about your days. So it is so not convenient for me to do that every single night. I could easily just go to bed. I could easily hit the pillow, sleep, I'm good, but I don't do that. I don't do that. And that was probably the hardest habit out of all these for me to form, if I'm being honest, even though I knew it was so important. I knew I would feel better the next day going to bed with a clean house. Like I know, I knew these things logically, which is what happens with us humans. We know things logically, but we struggle to actually take the action, right? To do the things that we know are going to be good for us, right? So I challenge you and I encourage you to look at what areas are you doing that, right? What areas are you, like, I want you to think of uh, moments, instances, um, even existing habits where you know that it's not good for you. (laughs) And maybe it's the same as me. Maybe you do go to bed at night because you're just exhausted and you're tired and that's okay. But you wake up the next day, you see all this clutter and crap that, you know, didn't get cleaned up from the night before. And your mind automatically feels a little bit more stressed. Like it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. And so I, I encourage you to not only consider this, but I encourage you to look at, okay, how can I make a small yet so, so effective shift? And so for me, I, what, what I did in the beginning that helped with this too, was I would set a timer. So I would set a timer for five minutes. I'm like, okay, Lauren, you can, you can do this. You can spend five minutes for yourself cleaning up, right? Even though every bone in my body was like, lay down, <laughs> go to sleep now. I had to choose myself tomorrow, like my future self. I had to think about her and go, what is going to serve her? What would she be so happy to see you do now? To see me now doing and so that's how that habit was formed. So now every night it's like second nature. Yes, I'm tired. Yes, I'd like to go to sleep at the exact same time my kids do, but I choose myself. I take the five minutes, the 10 minutes. Honestly, it's usually not any longer than that. <laughs> like that's how doable. I want you to hear these things I'm sharing and just if nothing else, I want you to walk away from this conversation believing that this is possible for you to take care of yourself, even if just a little bit more than you are. It is, there's always areas. I just believe so deeply there's always ways to deepen your self-care. I truly, truly, truly believe that. And not just do the bare minimum, right? It's like feeding yourself is not self-care. <laughs> like remembering to eat, that's, that's, that's bare minimum, right? I want you to look at self-care in a new light and really consider, okay, how, like, like what areas in my life, where can I deepen it? Really, truly, where can I choose myself a little bit more? even though you're a parent, even though you're mother, like where, where can I choose myself a little bit more? And where can I do that 
knowing that it's only going to benefit everybody around me. That's that's my mindset on self-care and that's why I'm I'm able to do this day in and day out and and treat myself this way day in and day out is because I know when I do it, the only thing that comes from it is good. Everybody around me is positively affected. There's no negative thing that happens as a result of me taking care of myself ever. Ever. So if you've not heard that or if you've forgotten that, let this be your reminder. Let me be your reminder, okay? Okay, so what number was that? We were on number five. Okay, so number six. Okay. Oh, this is good. Okay, so I put my health before work. Now, this is gonna sound simple, but again, it's one of those habits or honestly just this is a mindset that is easier said than done. And I'm being fully honest with you guys, like this, I used to suck at this, <laughs> like, like really, like I was not good at this. And to be honest, this is still one that I, I, I have to actively choose every single day. This isn't like, it's not like you hear these habits and you're like, oh yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to like do this all tomorrow. I'm going to try those two things that Lauren said. I'm going to try that tomorrow, right? Or I'm going to try that the next day. This is a continual act of choosing every single day every single day, at least for a period until these things become second nature, right? Um, so this one, and when I say health, I mean physical health. So let me just clarify. I put physical health before work. So what that looks like in this season of life for me is I like I'm not, I work on my computer or I work on my phone. So I have the opportunity every single day to spend a lot of hours like sitting. <laughs> um, like I could do all my work sitting and I usually do. So Every day is different, but depending on how many hours I work, whatever, it's three, four, five, whatever, like it changes. But um, I, I could sit the whole time and I often do by choice. But what happens some days is I will notice that my hips are sore. So I was, this little backstory, a little fun fact, I was a dancer for 15 years. I did ballet and jazz and modern and all kinds of stuff. And I had a hip surgery when I was 17. I tore my labrum and then three back-to-back pregnancies were, was really hard on my hips. And I still have issues <laughs> that I need to get checked up. But anyways, um, my hips, like I'll, I'll often notice throughout the day, like my hips get sore. And what I would use to do is, this sounds so, this sounds awful. Like now that I'm saying it out loud, <laughs> but we're just being honest here. So what I used to do is I would, I would like tell myself like, okay, you get to go on a walk after you finish writing this email. (laughs) Like I would incentivize myself with physical care, like physical self-care by like finishing work. Like I would, I would, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I would reward. There's, there we go. I would reward myself like with physical (laughs) self-care, which is so backwards. That's so backwards. So now what I do is not that. (laughs) What I do, if I notice my hips are sore, right? If I'm, even if I'm in the middle of, um, writing an email that needs to go out, or if I'm in the middle of creating a post, I'm in the middle of creating content, I'm in the middle of whatever. Um, I've even done it when I'm in the middle of a call. Like I I've done this in the middle of a client call where I noticed my hips got sore. What I used to do was I would sit there and I would push through, right? It's that hustle mentality, push through, suck it up. Go on your walk after, finish the email first. What I do now is the complete opposite. If I notice I am physically in pain in some way, whether it's my lower back or my hips, I get my butt up. I get my butt up, I stretch, I go on a walk around the block, 
I put my physical health first because guess what? The, nothing, nothing is going to burn down or go to ruins if the email gets sent out 10 minutes later. Nothing is going to like, like my client is going to, isn't going to hate me if all of a sudden I'm like, Hey, hang on two seconds. Uh, let me adjust my desk to make it a standing desk so I can stand up for the rest of our call. Like nothing is going to happen. Nothing drastically terrible is going to happen if you put your physical health first. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I do that. I do that. I do that. I do that. And that to me is a huge way that I take care of myself. Um, and that can look, I mean, that can, that can look so different depending on what kind of physical health your body needs regularly. But I strongly, deeply encourage you to prioritize your physical health over the work. The email can wait, the post can wait, the client is not going to hate you. Um, yeah, I mean, there's even been times where like, I like client calls in five minutes, again, my hips were sore or I needed to stretch. I needed, like I needed to walk like, and I would text my client and be like, Hey, um, you know, I'm like running five minutes behind and I would tell them like, I need to go on a walk, like, or I need to stretch. I'm just going to do a quick stretch, whatever. And they're like, cool, no, no problem. So I think it's beautiful when you do start choosing yourself more, you will see that nothing goes up in flames. <laughs> like your life doesn't automatically, like things don't, you know, go down the drain. Like that's not at all what happens. But I think it takes doing the thing to actually believe that, you know, for me at least. So yeah, I put my physical health before work. Okay, number seven, we're getting there. So number seven. Oh, this is so good. This is definitely emotional self-care. I don't beat myself up when I don't finish my to-do list. <laughs> So I find this is a super common trait of high performers, high achievers, visionaries, whatever you want to call us. I used to, I used to think the worst things about myself. If I didn't finish my to-do list, it would be like, Lauren, come on, (laughs) really? Like you should have, like the word should was a common word in my vocab. Now it does not exist. It does not exist. I do not use the word should to myself. I do not use the word should to anybody else. I try not to, and I call myself out if I do. But I used to say the dumbest things like, like you didn't, you didn't finish your list, right? There was only, there was only five things on there. There was only 10 things on there. You didn't finish that. Like this would be the internal narrative going on in my brain. And let me tell you, that is a way to not take care of yourself emotionally. Here's what I do now. If the to-do list does not get done, which spoiler alert, most days it doesn't. I am still the kind of person that will like, I will overestimate how much I think I can do throughout the day just because that's who I am. That's in my nature. Um, I like having a big to-do list. I like, I love the feeling of taking things off. I love that. And not because I don't think I'm worthy if I don't, but just because I love the feeling of, I don't know, you know, look at all this, look at all this I got done. Like I, it is a great feeling to me, but the difference is that now if I don't finish my to-do list, which is again, most days, (laughs) I, I talk to myself like this. I view it like this. It it sounds like, okay, cool. (laughs) I need to move these two things over to tomorrow. And I do that. And the story is done. End of story, end of narrative, moving on. That's all I do. So the to-do list is no longer a thing that dictates my like self-worth or 
whatever, like it's so silly, so dumb, but I know a lot of high performers view their to-do list like this. Like you view productivity as the indicator to your self-worth, right? If you're not productive, you're a failure. <laughs> if you don't finish your to-do list, you're, you're just going to fail. <laughs> your whole week is going to be ruined. Like you're whatever, like fill in the blank. It's so silly. It's so dumb and it's so not true. So I, I do not beat myself up when I don't finish my to-do list. So there's that. That's how, that's another way I take care of myself emotionally. Um, burr, burr, burr. Oh, number eight. Okay. I love this one. This is a little bit different. We are segueing into physical. Okay. Physical. This is kind of physical and emotional, but it's more physical. Number eight. I spend time on my appearance for me. So for women, I don't know. This could, this could be definitely be a controversial one. I love this topic. I so love this. So here's the truth for me. I'll just share my truth and you might be like, oh my God, yes, I agree. Or maybe you're going to be like, nope, <laughs> not for me. But here's the, here's the fact. When I do my makeup, which nowadays takes me f- 10 minutes at most because I just don't desire to spend longer than that, like five to 10 minutes. When I do my makeup, like even if it's a swipe of mascara or, or literally some days it's just lipstick, like when I do some form of makeup, my I just, I feel freaking good. I feel like I can take on the world that much more. I feel that much more powerful. And it has nothing to do with like, it's not about, it's actually not about confidence for me. Like I, I'm sitting here recording this podcast and I'm in my, I'm basically in my pajamas. Um, I'm not presentable, so to speak, but I'm still wildly confident in what I'm speaking on and and the work that I'm doing right now, you know? So for me, it's not, it's not about like confidence in myself. It's about, it's about unleashing this feeling of, I am ready for this freaking day. (laughs) I am actually ready to take on this day, whatever it throws at me. Like that's the feeling that makeup for me just creates. And I still feel that to an extent when I don't wear makeup, but it's less of it. You know, um, I don't know for me, a big, you know, bold lip. Like if you follow me on Instagram or anywhere, social media, YouTube, like I'm always wearing lipstick and it's because it makes me feel freaking powerful, like that much more powerful. So for me, part of my self-care routine is I will spend time on my appearance. And some days it's literally two minutes and it looks like, you know, brushing my hair, (laughs) literally. I mean, some days, some days it's 10 minutes and it's, you know, it's, it's makeup and it's hair. Um, it looks different every day. This is why I'm not obsessed with routines. I am so not like focused on creating a strict routine. I am focused on habits. And the habit is I spend time on my appearance for me every day because I feel taken care of when I do. And some days, um, nothing happens you know, physically on the face or the hair, but I will spend an extra minute really thinking about what do I want to wear today? That might make me feel a little bit extra powerful, right? You know, other days just throw on the first thing that I see in my closet. Other days I'll take a minute and what, 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 um, you know, dress, what top, like what would make me physically feel great, you know? So yeah, I spend time on my appearance. And again, here's this pattern you're going to be seeing. I do this unapologetically. So often when I'm doing my makeup, like I have two or three kids, one or two or three kids, like screaming in the background or in the bathroom with me, like playing with my makeup, getting into stuff. Like that's a common occurrence. Um, 
but I don't stand there and I'm like, oh gosh, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be playing with them. No, I want to model self-care in so many different ways for my girls so that one day they do it without thinking. They take care of themselves unapologetically. Like that's my mission here. So yes, I'll take the five, 10 minutes to get dressed or do my makeup or brush my hair or whatever. I'll do it while they're just, you know, getting into stuff, like whatever. Like I will do it and they will see me and that's great. Like all is okay. Um, I find nothing wrong with that. So um, yeah, that's a big one for me. So number nine, we're almost there. Okay, two more. <laughs> this one's like funny, but I but this is this is a big one. Okay. I feed myself more than just my kids' scraps. <laughs> this one is again, I feel like it's a joke. It's definitely like a a joke, but if we're being honest, it's a very real reality for a lot of mothers, especially working mothers. Like it's so easy to accidentally get to the end of the day and be like, "What did I eat today?" Oh yeah, peanut butter and jelly crust. <laughs> um a few pieces of, you know, baby carrots, like, uh, you know, a couple crackers, their leftover granola bar, whatever. Like, it's so easy to get to the end, end of your day and realize that. And I realized that early on in motherhood. And I realized that, okay, hang on. If I'm going to actually nourish myself and not just have their scraps, I got to take time to actually feed myself and actually make food that I like, or at least um, prep food or do a food delivery. Like I've tried a lot of different methods to this. Like I've done, I've done awesome food deliveries, um, like, like fully cooked meal services. I've tried that. I loved that. Um, Right now I'm not doing that. I am just cooking. uh, If you could call it that. My, my form of cooking is very simple. Like that's a different conversation, but I eat a plant-based diet. I eat a vegan diet and my cooking is very simple. It doesn't take a lot of time, just period. Um, but I make an intent to feed myself like my own full meal <laughs> instead of just eating my kids' scraps, which I totally could do. So um, yeah, I wanted to include that because that's definitely part of my self-care habits. So, and, and even when it's not convenient, like here's what usually happens. What that looks like is I will have three kids telling me that they're absolutely starving, even though they ate an hour ago. (laughs) And I will have to whip up their meal as fast as I can. And I, I'm trying to get it on the table as quick as I can. So one of them stops crying and the other one stops screaming. Like, you know, I'm trying to get food on the table as fast as possible. And so by doing that, I'm not preparing my own food at the same time. Like I'm just not. Sometimes I eat the same thing as them, but a lot of the times like I'm not feeling like a peanut butter and jelly right now. I'm not feeling like veggie chicken nuggets or whatever they're eating. Like I'm I'm not feeling it right now. So I will just, I get their food done. It's on the table. Everybody's happy. Everybody's sitting. Everybody's quiet. <laughs> it's good. Then I, I go step into the kitchen and I can still see them. They're happy at the table. And then I start making my own meal, like my own dish, right? To me, that feels so nourishing. That is, again, just an acknowledgement that I matter, my health matters, my well being matters, my self care matters. So while I could sit at the table with them and have a rumbling stomach myself and be hungry and da da da, like I could do that, or I could make myself my own food 
and then get to the table with them, sit down with them and show them that, yeah, mommy's feeding herself and she's feeding herself really well because she cares about herself. So I'm sure you've heard this by now, but my whole, my whole belief is that the more I model it, the more my kids learn it without me even saying a word. The best way to teach anybody anything is to show, not tell. And I learned that as a coach long before I did as a mother. But motherhood has just solidified that for me. So that's number nine. Number 10. I love this one. This kind of loops back to number one. So number 10 is the way the way that I take care of myself, uh, part of my self-care routine, is I acknowledge my feelings and I communicate them with others, including my kids, and especially my kids. So it might surprise you to find, or maybe it doesn't, but it might surprise you to find that most people, they might acknowledge their feelings, maybe. Maybe you're walking around living life, like knowing that you feel a certain way, but you're not letting others know. You're not sharing your truth with other people. You're not telling your spouse the truth of how you feel about the thing. You're not telling your friend because you're scared of what the heck they're going to think or say. So you're walking around and sure, you might be acknowledging your feelings. You might be aware of what's, what's going on, but you're not fully communicating it. Communicating that feeling with others. And now is your invitation to stop that and start communicating your feelings and your emotions with other people because they matter and because you deserve to. For me, that feels like an enormous way that I take care of myself because when I acknowledge my feelings, number one, step one, and step two, I communicate them, that is not just acknowledging them, but living them out and not running from them, right? So it's one thing to acknowledge them and go, I feel this way, and it's another to acknowledge them and go, yeah, I really need to tell somebody like that I'm feeling this way. And maybe you tell them simply because you just want somebody else to know, right? Maybe you just want it off your chest or maybe you're looking for a perspective, right? A new perspective, an insight. Maybe you're, maybe you are looking for something, right? Advice, whatever, whatever it may be. Or maybe you, again, just want to get it off your chest. Whatever your reason is for feeling like you want to say it to somebody or, or speak it out loud, it's worth it. You are worth it and you deserve that. And it feels freaking good. Again, going back to this, 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 the message of this entire episode is do what feels good, doing what feels good, finding what feels good. And this always feels amazing. No matter how, here's the thing that I've learned, no matter how your feelings are met, because here's the thing. There might be times where you communicate your feelings, you communicate your emotions to the spouse, boyfriend, uh, whatever, wife, husband, partner, whoever, sister, brother, friend, right? And it's not taken in the way that you thought it would. I promise you it will still feel so nourishing and honoring to do it because you're honoring yourself and you're doing it for you because you matter. And when it comes to motherhood, I had to learn how to do this with my kids. I, I never found it that hard to communicate my feelings and emotions. If I'm being honest, I never found it that hard to do with friends or family or my boyfriend. 
uh, I've never found it hard with those, like in that, in those contexts, but with kids, that was a new, that was a totally new thing for me to navigate. And it definitely required some, well, a lot of intention. Um, but what this looks like, if I had to give you an example is like, mommy is, mommy's just feeling a little sad right now. And here's why. And I'm going to be okay. But right now we're going to do this activity and you know mommy might look a little bit sad but i love you and i always will love you and that's that and again i would do that and i do do that because i i just i honor i honor my feelings i honor myself i you know, if, if, especially if you're having a feeling and it could potentially negatively affect somebody else, right? Um, in this example, right? Your kids. I just, I'm such a big believer that kids soak in your energy. So if you are feeling sad, it's better to tell, just tell your kids, I'm feeling sad. This is how I'm feeling. Instead of trying to hide it as they're running around, happy as can be, you know, doing their activities, loud, screaming, blah, blah. And they're like, mom, come join and mom, do this and like, or whatever, Right. Um, or maybe you're stressed, like you could, you could fill in the blank here with any emotion that you're feeling. If you ha- get any, any sense that it might negatively affect your ability to be present or be in the moment or whatever, you can communicate it. You, ca- you not only can, but you deserve to. And it's only going to benefit everybody around you, including yourself first and foremost. So I do that. I do that as often as I feel I need to. Um, and like one of my favorite things, my favorite results uh, from doing that is like my kids know what happy tears means (laughs) and that it's so simple. It's so such a little thing, but that makes me so happy. So like, for example, we'll, we'll be doing something and I will just be overwhelmed with gratitude and Stella will notice it. Like my oldest four-year-old, she, she will notice it and she'll be like, mommy, are you going to have happy tears? (laughs) You know, um, like I can't tell you how many times that happens. And it's just those moments where I'm like, gosh, it is so worth it to communicate different feelings, different emotions, not just with your kids, but with anybody in your life as you feel you need to. Um, It's such a beautiful form of self-care. So that's my last and final piece and my, my last and final habit that... I currently implement every single day in my life as I feel I need. And these 10 habits can be completely formed into a unique routine that, you know, fits your schedule. So yeah, um, I do these things. Most of these things are subconscious now. So most of these things I don't even have to think about. These are now true habits that were built over time and if you loved any of these, then I so encourage you to get intentional and actively choose to do or try one or two or three of these things. Um, and yeah, oh my God, I just realized I forgot one. <laughs> I was just looking at my notes. I have like scrap notes. I forgot one. Hang on. We're not done. Maybe this was meant to be saved for the, the best for last. Okay. <laughs> okay. This was supposed to be number four. So, oh my gosh, if you're like listening, I probably skipped from number three to number five and you're probably like, oh my God, Lauren, like what's going on? (laughs) Are you okay? But number four, okay, going back. So (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, it's one of those days. Number four was that I listened to my intuition above all else. So I think this pretty much says it all, but following my intuition is a huge form of self-care to me. And why I believe this is because every time you choose, this is, this is not a subconscious thing. Um, it, it, it is now for me more than it ever was, but I still find this is the one habit that requires constant choice. So your intuition is that voice, right? It's that voice. It is, it's not just a voice. It is, it's a knowing, it's a feeling. When you have a decision to make, for example, and you have multiple options, right? You have multiple paths, you have multiple roads, you have multiple options. There's always going to be a pull towards one over the other. There's always going to be a desire to choose one over the other. And most times there's going to be this feeling and it doesn't quite, uh, like you don't know why you have it or you don't know why exactly you're pulled to make that decision or go down that path, right? That's your intuition. That's your intuition. And the way that I, or one way that I take care of myself is I choose to listen to my intuition above everything else, like opinions of anybody. Um, I, I value so many people's opinions and I seek outside perspectives and, and opinions often to get different perspectives because I love getting different perspectives on all kinds of topics, business, life, relationships, kids, everything. But at the end of it all, at the end of the day, I choose and I listen to my intuition overall. And that's how I make my decisions. So I lovingly invite you to look at that. Are you leading with your intuition? Are you leading your life with your intuition? Are you, are you leading your business with your intuition? Are you leading your relationships with your children, with your partner, with this applies to any area of life. Are you leading with your intuition? If you're not, you're doing the opposite of caring for yourself. You're, this is going to sound extreme, but I believe if you're not, if you're not listening to your intuition, if you're choosing to ignore that feeling, you're neglecting yourself. You are, you are because your intuition is there for a reason and it is there to guide you. It is there to direct you to the path that is of highest service to you. And every time that you choose to ignore that, you do yourself a disservice. So you want to, you want to feel better. You want to take better care of yourself. Start listening to your intuition above all. And if you're curious, I can like, gosh, I could do a whole episode on like diving way deeper on how to tap into your intuition, what it really is, what it feels like to get that intuitive nudge or hit or that knowing or that idea, like I could talk about that all day long because one thing that I love about myself is that I've always been very, very, very deeply connected to my intuition and I've always led my life with it, um, which I know is kind of rare. So I've, I've honestly, I can't, I can't ever think of a time in my life where I wasn't connected to my intuition and I didn't lead my life with it. Like I can think back to, I have some crazy stories of uh, some scary, potentially dangerous situations that I've gotten out of thanks to my intuition. Um, I have some really lighthearted, humorous, fun stories about ways my intuition has just uh, 
added so much beauty to my life and and joy like I, I I could talk about intuition all day long so somebody messaged on Instagram um at Lauren Gordon official if you want me to talk about that I could do a whole episode on that um but that sums up <laughs> now we're at we're at all 10 that that included all 10 habits that I currently implement in my life to take care of myself as a mother of three wild spirited girls that are four and under that I love to death and uh as a working mom as well like that's this is what I do this is what I do and this is how I view the world and I view self-care so I hope that this was inspiring I hope it was motivating I hope it showed you that it's so possible to take care of yourself and self-care is not defined by hour-long bubble baths even though I love a good bubble bath but like that's not what self-care is it's not that self-care is finding the crevices in your day-to-day life no matter how busy or crazy to choose yourself that's what self-care is so thank you so much for listening um I will see you in the next episode. And as one last reminder, if you could go and leave a five-star review, I'd be so grateful, so appreciative, Um, either on Apple or Spotify. It helps the show get pushed out to more people who need to hear it. Okay, I will see you in the next episode. Come say hi on Instagram, at Lauren Gordon Official. Um, I always love hearing what you think about the episodes. So I will talk to you over there and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.